welcome everyone. We are passionate at Church Alive, helping people fulfill God's potential for their lives. And that means developing, building, coaching, inspiring leaders. And so I hope you'll have a leaning factor that today you can grow. Today you can take on a new mentality, a new mindset. And as you allow God to prune you, lift you, other people to inspire you, learn from you, you can become all that God has destined you to become. Well, it's exciting days for our church. Would you stand to your feet for a moment? How you doing? What about the rest of you? How you doing online? Some of you not sure you're online or in person. Um, I do want to just let you know, I can't let you all know all the details, but I do want to say this regarding our Believe and Build is this, that we have architects and engineers currently working on literally a space that would double our current capacity. That means current, how many we fit in this building, how doubling our foyer, doubling our kids, all that type of stuff. There is amazing days in front of us as a church. And uh, I pray that you'll be a part of it in Jesus' name. How are you enjoying too this incredible fall weather? Come on, like it's November and we were like, should I tan? Should I, should I, should I get out of towel and lie down? I'm, so none of you are thinking that. All right, it's just me. Just trying to work on my whiteness, trying to get a little more brownness. I wanna to talk to you along this thought, breaking through in true worship. Breaking through in true worship. I'm gonna read a passage of Scripture to you and then we'll pray. Is that okay? Mark chapter 14, verse 13, sorry, verse three, says this. And being in Bethany at the house of Simon the leper, as he sat at the table, a woman came having an alabaster flask of very costly oil of spikenard. And, and then she broke the flask and poured it out on his head. And then I'm gonna read John chapter 12, verse three. It's kind of inserting a little extra text here. Anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with a hair and the house was filled with the fragrance of the oil. Verse four, back to Mark chapter 14 says this, but there were some who were indignant among themselves and said, why was this fragrant oil wasted? For it might've been sold for more than 300 denarii. <clears throat> Where am I? Thank you. I think my iPad's doing something weird or my eyes are going strange. Getting old. But there's some who are indignant among themselves and say, why was this fragrant oil wasted? For it might've been sold for more than 300 denarii given to the poor. And they criticized her sharply. But Jesus said, let her alone. Why do you trouble her? She has done a good work for me, for you of the poor with you always. Whenever you wish, you may do them good, but me you do not always have. She has done what she could. She has come beforehand to anoint my body for burial. Assuredly, I say to you, wherever this good news, this gospel is preached in the whole world, what this woman has done will also be told as a memorial to her. Then Judas Iscariot, one of the 12, went to the chief priests to betray him to them. Come on, let's pray together. Father, I just thank you for your word. 
I thank you for its truth. It's light. It is a light to our feet. Lord, it, it strengthens our spirit. It strengthens our souls. It, Lord, it's, it's, it's the way maker for us. It is the family strengthener. And I pray within the sound of my voice, every mind, every heart, every man, every woman, every young person represented that would hear this message online or in person right now. Father, I thank you for them. They are your kids. Bless them. Strengthen them. Lord, pour out rivers of living water over them. Love on them, Father. Pour out your grace upon their life, Father. Lord, let this season be a new season of sight, a new season of vision, a new season of faith. Lord, let November and December, Lord, let something limit, uh, 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 break off the limitations in Jesus' Name. And look, may there be more growth, Lord, in this next part than ever before in Jesus' Name. Come on, declare this with me. Say, Jesus, I open my heart. I open my mind for Your Word to teach me. Open my eyes that I might see. Help me become all You desire. In Jesus' Name. And everyone said, come on, can we give the Lord a hand one more time in the house of God. We love You, Jesus. Thank you, God. Can we thank our worship team? Thank you, guys. Don't they do a great job? Grab your seat, ladies and gentlemen. To give some context to this Scripture, this Scripture is two days before Jesus is going to be crucified for the sins of the world. He is on His way specifically to Jerusalem. It is Passover time. Passover time is that time. Um, really in, in the Jewish custom, it is the, the most significant feast. Um, Jewish theologians and scholars would tell us that three to four million people would literally come to Jerusalem during this time and, 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 and come and worship. And the Saviour of the world is about to be crucified, yet they don't know that. Yet there is this moment of incredible importance because Jesus says to the crowd, He says, this thing that this woman has done shall be told in all the world. Isn't it amazing how Jesus knows the future? Like 2,000 years later, I'm talking about this woman. In America, not in the Middle East. I could be in Australia, I could be in India, I could be in Africa, I could be any part, and there'll be some preacher talking about this woman's moment of worship. Jesus is like, this moment is significant. This moment is important. And He says that this moment of worship was so important that wherever the good news is told, wherever it's told, He says, this will be discussed and this will be told. And it says, as a memorial to her. It's amazing. Have you ever asked yourself this question, what does God seek what does God seek? I know you seek a lot of things. I know I seek a lot of things. There's actually so many scriptures in the Bible that would promise us and tell us that we should seek after God. But let me ask you a different question. It's not, are you seeking God? But what does God seek? Here's what we know about God. We know that God seeks 
people that are far away from him. Luke chapter 15, Jesus tells the story of, of a, 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 a prodigal son and an elder brother who basically both get distant from God. He tells the story of a sheep that wanders away. He tells the story of a lost coin and the simplicity of the parable is this, God is looking for lost people. Like you might be here today and you're like, I'm not sure about God. Don't worry, He's looking for you. And actually he's been trying to woo you and trying to get your attention and and trying to show you that he is not bad, but he is good. I think the enemy of our soul, the devil, has painted an amazing picture often of God being bad. But God is not the author of bad, is he? He's the author of what is good, what is lovely, what is excellent. He is good. Can I get an amen? The Bible would encourage us in Hebrews eleven six that He is a rewarder of those that diligently seek Him. He tells us in Luke eleven thirteen how much more will God give the Holy Spirit to those who ask. He tells us in Luke 18, verse one, men ought always to pray and not to faint. He tells us in Psalm 34, but those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. So the Bible is a, is a book that encourages you to seek But again, I wanna ask you this simple question. What is God seeking? He is seeking for people to come in right relationship with Him. He is seeking for people that don't know Him. He's actually seeking for people that don't even like Him, don't believe in Him. That is the mission of this church, to see people saved. It's about hell empty and heaven full. Can I get a good amen? But what is God looking for? What's he looking for? John chapter four, verse 23, Pastor Steve preached out of this, but let me point to this uh, uh, scripture. But the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Now watch this now. For the Father is doing what? The Father's doing what? Especially those in the back, say it loud and say it proud. The Father is what? He is seeking such to worship Him. He is seeking. If Jesus says there is true worship, then there must be false worship. If Jesus says there's true worship, then there must be fake worship. If Jesus says there is true worship, there must be half-hearted worship. There must be hypocritical worship. There must be worship that pleases God and there must be worship that doesn't please God because He is seeking something in particular. Are you with me? I know as a parent, I am seeking certain behaviors out of my children. Mom and dad understand this, don't you? When the report card comes back, you're seeking something. Do they listen? Right? Do they need a little encouragement in some areas? um, Recently, my kids, I, I got the report card and I was like, yay! I was proud as a dad. Why? Because they were doing well. But if they weren't doing well, was I going to beat them? No. But I was going to talk to them. Why? Because I'm seeking something, aren't I? I am seeking a certain character out of my children that'll listen, that'll focus, that'll work on your weaknesses. And God is no different, is He? God is seeking something in you. Are you with me? Three of you thought, thought that was good. That's good. I appreciate those three. Now, you guys are the fakers. Those three, I'll count those claps more than any other clap. 
(laughs) In John chapter 12 and in Mark 14, we see this story of a woman and John chapter 12 tells us it is Mary, but you're not sure which Mary. But here's what we know, there is no music. There is no keys, there are no singers, there is none of that, but Jesus says she brought worship. Again, there is no singing, there's no dancing, there's no raising of hands, but she brought worship. Are you with me? She brought worship and it changed the very atmosphere of where Jesus was hanging out. Everyone noticed it. Everyone paid attention to it. And I wanna ask you this question. How can we become the people whose worship grabs Jesus' attention? Well, let me say it a different way because I believe that all worship grabs His attention. How can we become, and I say that because we're all on a journey, how can we become and keep becoming people who bring Worship to Jesus that he is pleased with, that he enjoys the smell, that he says, man, that's worship. Have you ever thought that maybe God is down in, up in heaven and he looks down at you sometimes and he looks at an angel and goes, that's worship. How many want God to say that about you? Come on, I mean, think about that for a moment, that God is up in heaven and he's like, ha, 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 that's worship. But how many know sometimes he goes, that ain't. Uh How can we become people whose worship grabs Jesus' attention? How can we become people whose worship pleases Jesus? Number one, be aware of the danger of a self-focused life. Be aware, beware of the danger of a self-focused life. Self-focus, it's self-serving. If she was self-focused, she would have built her kingdom. If she was self-focused, she never would have brought this expensive bottle of perfume because she would have been like, no, 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 that's too expensive. To put it in monetary value, she brings to Jesus a bottle of perfume that is a one-year wage. The average American worker, the average, average across the whole country makes $58,000. You might be above that, you might be below that, but that is average in America. She brings to Jesus a $58,000 gift. How many know that's extravagant? How many know that'd get your attention? How many go, whoa? Not enough of you are going, whoa. (laughs) And it's interesting, self-focus, here's what I've noticed about self-focus. Self-focus is, will either tell you two things. It'll tell you, I can't approach God because of my mistakes, because of my failures, because of my sin. I can't approach him because I'm not worthy. I can't run to him. Or the other self-focus will do this to you. It'll stop you coming to God because you don't think you need him. I've always noticed that there are two tensions going on within people, within me, within you. It's kind of this. If I'm self-focused, I actually become insecure or prideful. Women have a greater tendency actually to go towards insecurity. Men have a greater tendency to go towards pride. This is why often men are kind of like, I don't need God. And this is why men will go, I don't need other people. 
Men are more likely to be self-isolating than women. Women are more social, haven't you noticed that? Stick a cake in a room and just a little, little water with some mint or whatever soda you wanna have. And how many know the, the women, just gather some women, it's like, bah, 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 bah. there's like birds, right? They're talking, there's conversation. They are more social. But you say, hey guys, why don't you come on over? And they're like, they're not sure because they're in their cave. This is why in Transform, one of the main values that we value is brotherhood because a brother by himself is dangerous to himself and dangerous to his family. But when brothers get around the right brothers, and I mean this, the right brothers, how many know something good is about to happen? She will never bring Jesus appropriate worship if she is focused on herself. But here's the thing, she will never bring Jesus what is appropriate of worship if she is focused on everyone else. Number two, beware of the danger of everyone's opinion. <laughs> beware of the danger of everyone's opinion. Who is everyone anyway? Have you ever thought about who's everyone? It's normally like seven people in your mind. Everyone's doing, I remember going to a party in high school and they were like, everyone's there. We had about 200 people in our grade. I showed up, I was like, there's 40 people here. Not everyone, but everyone to them. Who is the they in your life that hinders your worship? Sometimes, to be honest, it's family members. Sometimes it's cousins, sometimes it's uncles, sometimes it's aunties, sometimes it's friends, but I have noticed that every single one of us deals with, to some extent, either a self-focus or a other people focus. And I believe that this woman, when she brought worship to Jesus, she probably battled both. Hear me now. She probably battled both because all of us battled both. 1 Corinthians 10 says, no temptation has seized you except what is common. Common to man means everyone's dealing with it. But what I like about this woman is she doesn't allow her self-focus to stop her worship, nor does she allow her other people focus or opinion to stop her. But what does she do? She wrestles self-focus and she wrestles other people's focus down to the ground. But she says, I will be a Jesus-focused worshiper. And the moment you and I decide to get our eyes off ourself and end our eyes off other people and we become Jesus-focused worship, then we will begin to learn what true worship actually is. Come on, can I get an amen? And she brings worship that everyone notices. And here's what's interesting, everyone has an opinion. Everyone, the disciples, Jesus' closest comrades don't get it. And Judas, he definitely doesn't get it. He is the loudest of the crowd. And the Bible says in, in certain gospels, it says the disciples said, but one of them in particular says Judas says. And whenever Judas says something, pay attention. Why? Because you never wanna be like Judas. Have you ever met a Judas? I don't think you have. It's not a popular name, have you noticed? 
And Judah says something interesting. He says something that sounds very spiritual. But his heart is all wrong. He says, shouldn't this money been given to the poor? And the Bible says that he said it not because he cared for the poor. Sounded like he cared for the poor. Have you ever heard people say, why wasn't that money given to the poor? Have you ever thought that? Let me ask you a question. Sometimes a Judas weed pops up in your mind and you need to weed it. Yesterday I was weeding my garden. I find every time I weed my garden, I get a preaching lesson all by myself. I'm just sitting weeding garden because I had not weeded in quite a long time. I was literally like, my, the side of my yard looked pathetic. And it's normally the side of my yard that I avoid. And I, I, I seem to pay attention more to the front or the other side, but there's this one side of my yard that I just avoid. But I was weeding it and weeding it and weeding it. Now, haven't you noticed that you don't have to plant weeds? I have never gone to Walmart and said, I need some weeds. Can I have some seeds so I can be like everyone else? I have never had that experience. Have you? Has anyone got in, in, in here say yes? And if you have bought weeds, we can talk about counseling later. Because weeds show up, and I've found that that same Judas spirit shows up in church sometimes. That same Judas spirit shows up in people's minds. It shows up in people's hearts. It says, when someone does something extravagant for Jesus, someone else wants to criticize it and tell them what they should have really done. But Jesus literally looks at them and says, leave this woman alone, for she has done something beautiful for me. Are you with me? If God seeks those who worship in spirit and in truth, my third and last really strong point for you today is this. I must seek God to know who He is, not to make up who He is to fit my agenda. I seek God to know who He is and not to make up who He is to fit my agenda. It's not God according to Anthony. It's not God according to you. It's not God according to this thing and that thing. It is God and you and I are called to discover God and see God. And when we discover God and see God, what happens is we actually worship Him. Come on, am I preaching to anyone? He is the creator. He is the author. He is the source of life and He is the source of all truth. He is sovereign over all the affairs of men. He holds the universe together and that means He holds you together too. He, through Abraham we discover He is a God of blessing, the God of generations, the God who is faithful to His Word. Through Moses we see that God sees and God cares. And, and, and God's, one of His primary messages to Moses was this, go tell Pharaoh to let my people go, watch this now, so that they may worship me. What was God's primary attention for His children? It was worship. So He says, I love you and I care for you and I'm going to free you and then I'm gonna bring you to a place of worship. I find this good news because you might ask yourself, why am I on planet Earth? I wanna tell you, God loves you, God cares for you, God wants to free you so you can freely worship Him. 
You're like, I'm not a worship leader. You don't need to be a worship leader. Why? Because with your thinking and with your life, with your job, with your career, with your family, with your boyfriend, with your girlfriend, whatever it is, that is actually worship. What is the purpose of your life? Worship. To know God. To discover God. To love God. You're like, but I'm an accountant. To know God, to love God, to worship God. But I'm a mother, to know God, right? To know God, this is eternal life. Jesus said in John 17 verse three, this is eternal life, that you might know me. This is eternal life, that you might know me. This is eternal life, that you might know me. But you can't know God without worshiping God. You can't know God without focusing on God. You've got to get off self-focus and off other people's focus and begin to say, God, if you're looking for worship, let me be that woman that brings something precious, that brings something of value to you. Are you with me? She brings two things that are her most honored possessions. One is finance. She takes one year's wage and breaks it. One year's wage and breaks it. And she changes the atmosphere. Now, does that mean everyone is to come and bring one year's wage to the Lord? Not at all. Ease up. I could feel some of you like, oh, what's he about to say? What's he about to do? I ain't gonna do nothing. I ain't teach you the Bible, amen. <laughs> I just wanted to clear the tension in the room. Just felt tense for a second. What are you, whoa, whoa, hey. Hey, whoa, hey. But let me tell you what is ordinary worship. I was teaching my son a couple of years ago and I was said, son, I'm gonna give you $10. And here's what I'm gonna get you to do. I'm gonna get you to give to God one. I'm gonna get you to save one and I'm gonna get you to live off the rest. And he was like, how come? Because you're a Christian and this is what we do. It is ordinary for us. It is not special for us. It is not special people that tithe. It's ordinary people. It is literally ordinary behavior of people who know the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. It is not for the super spiritual. I know a super spiritual man, he gives away 70% of all his money. I would call him super spiritual. And he gave away 70% of his money from the time he was a one-year Christian onwards. Now he's gone all over the world preaching the gospel. Isn't that incredible? But I wanted to bring to you this scripture out of Malachi chapter three, verse six. It says this, for I am the Lord. It says, I do not change. Therefore you are not consumed, O sons of Jacob, yet from the days of your fathers, you have gone away from me from my ordinances and have not kept them. Return to me. Someone say, return to me. Return to me, he says, and I will return to you. There is a disconnection in your worship, says the Lord of hosts. But you said, in what way will we return? And then he says, ask this question, will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, in what way have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. And then he goes on to say in verse 10, bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there might be food in my house and try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open up the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that you will not have room enough to receive it. 
Tithing to me is living according to your new identity. Tithing is actually living up to the fact that the gracious gift of God has made you righteous. But then when God stretches you in other areas, I would call that extravagant worship. Hear me now. What I'm trying to show you is that she brought something of value first. The first thing she brought was a year's wage to God in worship. But I want you to see the second one. Ladies, you'll get this. I think more than men will get this, but hopefully I'll be able to connect it to you. And then she takes her hair. Her hair. Ladies, her hair. Her hair, that thing that you wash and shampoo and condition and you blow and you twirl and you color and you... Like if you ever wanted, like think of the insult it would be if you came to church and someone just quickly walked up beside you and just took some of your hair just right at the back. How we know that's fighting moments? Like if you went up to a man and you like quickly just like shaved a little side of his head, he, you're probably getting punched in the face. Like most likely he may not, you're like bro, what's up with you? Now I need to go to the barber. He's most likely punching you in the face. Right, most likely. Someone say most likely. I mean, I wouldn't do that, right? I mean, you, it's dumb. But if you were to go up to a woman and just tie her down and shave her head, how many of you, she's got a cousin, she's got an uncle, she's got, she's got some Marine she met sometime, she's about to spend, send special forces to you, you are gonna get cut. I don't know if you're gonna die, but you coming close. Why? Because there is this thing with a woman because it is her glory. It is part of her beauty. It is that gift that God has given her and it is a thing of honor for her, isn't it ladies? Come on, don't pretend it's not. You know it is. Some of you ladies have looked at other women going, how come she has such beautiful hair? My goodness, is that even real? And you know what, if you're watching Instagram, it ain't real. She's got wind in the background. She's like, oh, this was what happens to my hair ordinarily. No, it ain't. You've been looking at Cosmo as like, oh, how come she got a hair? Because some professional spent four hours doing her hair like that. You know it's true. Think of this for a moment. She takes what is precious to her the most valuable thing in her life and she breaks it over Jesus' head. And then she even goes to the dirtiest part of His body, His feet. Because in that culture, you're wearing sandals and you walk on dusty streets, not footpaths, not paved roads, no dusty streets. And so His feet are dirty. And she takes her most precious possession, her hair, and begins to wipe his feet with her hair and her tears, worshiping him and the most expensive thing. Do you see that? See, there's ordinary worship. Ordinary worship is coming to church and saying, God, you're the king, have the first dollar, have the first one. This is me worshiping with my week, it's with my money, it's not special, it's ordinary. But then there's extravagant worship. Extravagant worship is when you just have a thing that you're like, God, what do you require of me? 
What do you need of me? What is it that would bring you the most worship? And what's interesting is He might put something on your heart, like something small sometimes. I remember years ago, I was in college and, and I had this leather jacket. Actually, it wasn't even leather, it was pleather. But every time I wore the jacket, people complimented me on the jacket. They're like, that's a nice jacket. I didn't wanna tell them, it was 50 bucks. But it was, it was fake, it was pleather. But everyone thought it was real. Now I remember I was praying one day and a, and a friend of mine complimented me. He's like, man, that's a nice jacket. And as he said, that's a nice jacket, the Holy Spirit put on my heart, give it to him. I was like, but Lord, like this is my jacket. <laughs> he should have said, well, it's pleather. But I got so many compliments from it that I didn't wanna give it up to him. So I prayed about it and I prayed about it for a couple of days and I realized for some reason that God was asking me to give away a jacket that I loved and that I got compliments for and girls would come up to and go, that's a nice jacket. I'm talking to single men right now, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> you know you're not giving away that jacket. <clears throat> but the Holy Spirit was like, this is worship. This is worship. A year or so later. <clears throat> no, I gave it away a couple of days. It's a different story. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Till I wore it out, you know. <laughs> Three, four days later, I was wearing my jacket. My boy walked in, Saki, who is from Ghana, actually. And uh, hey, I was like, hey man, I feel like I'm meant to give you this jacket. He's like, serious? He didn't even say, nah, don't even do it. He was like, all right, let's go. <laughs> Took my jacket. I walked away just like staring at my jacket, just like, why does God do that? Year later, I had a car. It's a crap car, but it was my car. Paid $1,800 for that Buick Regal, maroon. Never broke down though, tell you that. Didn't cost me nothing. That car was reliable as anything. And then the Holy Spirit begins to bother me. I'm moving up to New Jersey at the time. The Holy Spirit's like, give that car away. I'm like, give that car away? That's my car. It's reliable. It doesn't, it, this one didn't attract the ladies. This one pushed the ladies away. They're like, I don't care what jacket you're wearing. You're driving that Buick Regal. I gave away that car. Fast forward a couple of years. I'm in Australia. I bought a $5,000 car at that time. I'm about to come to America. My wife and I just got married. And the Holy Spirit's like, give that car to that guy. He was from South Africa, had no means of transportation. I was like, Lord, have you seen my credit card bill? He'd seen it. I prayed about it for about three days and I realized the Lord wanted that. Gave away that car. How many think that he's, he, and the guy from South Africa, David Jenkins is his name. You can Facebook him. You can, if you're like, oh, I don't even believe that story. Facebook him. I mean, face, what? Face, yeah, Facebook him, yeah. I get confused sometimes. He'd tell you the same story. But he was praying for a car. He's like, Lord, I don't have the money for a car. And then God looks across the earth. He's like, well, who do I wanna bless? And he's like, oh, I wanna bless this one. He's Anthony. But I'm gonna ask him first to be a blessing. 
I prayed about it for about three days and then I brought him over. I'm like, hey man, I feel like I'm meant to give you my car. How many know he didn't say, nah, 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 I'm good. He was like, praise the Lord, hallelujah. Took my keys, ran out the door before I could change my mind. Fast forward just a month and um, working, we were married. And then someone else thought, thought for some reason the Lord put it on their heart to give me a car. $11,000 car instead of a $5,000 car. And then someone convinced them not to give it away, but the Holy Spirit bothered her for 30 days. Said, I just feel bothered. I'm meant to give you this car. I was like, praise the Lord. <laughs> Isn't it amazing that when God is looking to bless people, He actually asks you sometimes to bless someone else? so that you might be a blessing. He told Abraham, I will bless you to be a blessing. And this woman was blessed. We don't know how she was blessed. She might've been given this gift, a one year wage. Someone might've given it to her, but the Holy Spirit placed it on her heart. You're gonna worship Jesus with it. And people are gonna tell this story for 2,000 years. Everywhere the gospel goes, they will tell about a woman who gave that away. Why? It was her true worship. And Jesus is looking for true worship. Jesus is looking for it. He's seeking it. And can He find it in you and me? And I notice He doesn't take us from one little moment. Notice that God dealt me with a jacket first. He didn't tell me to give away a house first. He just dealt with me little bit by little bit, 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 by little bit. And then all of a sudden He requires and it becomes true worship. Are you with me, Church Alive? I think I've preached you enough. Come on, close your eyes. Actually stand to your feet. With eyes closed, your hearts open. Those watching online right now, would you stand up with me? Would you close your eyes? Would you open your heart and just simply ask God, God, help me become a true worshiper. Help me discover you. Help me know you. Help me see you. And I know if I'll see you by the eyes of faith, I will love you. And if I'll see you, I'll worship you. And if I'll worship you, I'll change atmospheres and I'll change generations because of my worship. So I pray, Holy Spirit, for every person within the sound of my voice that you would use them, that you would lead them, that you would speak to them in the mighty name of Jesus. Let all deception, let all fear be broken in Jesus' Name. And may You move people into greater realms and greater levels of truth. May they walk it out. Give Your people, Lord, a forgiving spirit. Give Your people a faith-filled spirit. Give Your people a, a spirit that says, Lord, I wanna worship You. I need to get out of self-focus. I need to get out of other people's focus. And I need to get into Jesus' focus. Oh, I pray for your people today that you would strengthen us.
strengthen us individually, strengthen us in families, strengthen us in areas of transform groups and dream teams all across, Lord, our church. Strengthen the kids' ministry and the youth ministry, Father. Strengthen each one, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. While eyes are closed, maybe you're here today and you've yet to say yes to the good news, the gospel. This lady mirrored the gospel. She took the most precious thing and poured it over something dirty. And that is what God did. That is what King Jesus did. He took the most precious Himself and He poured it out over what was dirty. He wants to wash sin away. He wants to cleanse. He wants to heal. And so maybe you're here today and you've yet to give Him your dirty feet, but He wants to put something amazing over that. Maybe you've never given Him your dirty heart and He wants to put what was kingly and place it in your spirit. All across this place, I'm gonna pray with you if you've never said yes to Jesus. Or maybe at one time you did, but you know for a fact you've run away from Him. I would ask you and invite you to come back to Him today. Come on, pray this prayer with me. Say, Jesus, I need You. Thank You for taking the most precious and pouring it out for the most dirty. Would you forgive me? Would you cleanse me? Would you make my life a worship to you? Help me follow you all the days of my life. Holy Spirit, I invite you to fill me, to empower me, to live differently, to live according to my true calling, to my true identity. In Jesus' Name, while eyes are closed, online or in person, if you meant business with God, I'm gonna ask you on the count of three to raise up your hand, raise up real high so I can see it. One, two, three, all across this place. Raise your hand, raise your hand, raise your hand. Thank you, thank you, thank you, sweetheart. Thank you, that's awesome today. Thank you, that one over there. That's awesome today, that's awesome. So good to see people raising their hands to receive Jesus. He loves you. Father, I pray for each life, each person that raised their hand right now, those online saying yes to Jesus right now, bless them and strengthen them. In your mighty name, I pray. And come on, let's just take a moment to give Jesus some appropriate worship. Man, that was a really good word really, really important word, so good, especially in a culture of everything is about me, 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 self-absorbing faith. We're called to, you know, carry our cross and follow Jesus, amen, and be true worshipers. Hey, for every single person that raised your hand, what an epic and life-changing decision you made this morning. And we wanna honor that decision. We wanna gift you with this book. You can pick it up at our Next Steps counter, right, as you walk out. It's called Following Jesus. We also have a transform group that covers this book and helps you along that journey to understand what it means to be a disciple. And you can go ahead and uh, text CONNECT7 to 97000 to find out more about that group. You can also ask at that Next counter there, Next Steps counter. If you're online, you can also text Connect 7 to 97,000 so that we can mail one of these guys to you. Hey, don't forget, grab this card and just pray. 
This is just an invitation for you to pray, God, what's my part in Believe and Build? There's no set amount for everyone. It is what the Holy Spirit puts on your heart. And then on November 29th, we together as a church bring these commitment cards and just commit to God our portion of being a building, um, a, a, a kingdom builder in the kingdom of God. God bless you guys. We love you so much. And we'll see some of you tonight, right, for baptism service. It's gonna be a phenomenal night. God bless you all. See you soon.